everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. And you're Stephanie Hansen. I am. You are Stephanie Hansen. And we are uh, we are here to talk about all things food and fun in the Twin Cities. And we are answering a question from last hour, or we're attempting to, and we're failing. Because uh, we are looking to see if there is beer-battered chicken. There's plenty of beer-battered fish. There has been for the last two months, for God's sakes. And then, uh, but then we have um, looking for beer-battered chicken strips. And we found one. We did? Yes, Glinner's okay. Pub. In Rochester. Okay. At 1643 North Broadway. Yeah. Everybody else seems to be either broasted, house breaded and broasted, or buttermilk brined and fried, but not a lot of beer battered chicken. And so I guess listeners, if you guys have any intel on this, if you know of a bar or you know of a a place that is doing it like this, uh, let us know. Definitely give us a call because or send us a note um, because we can't seem to find it. We looked up. Like the How, we had looked up Blue Door Pub, we've looked up Urban Growler, we've looked up everybody. Can't find one. So if you've got one, definitely let us know. Yes, uh, Village Pub also has a good house chicken sandwich. We figured that out. Yeah, but specifically this person is looking for beer battered, which, you know, gets to have that different kind of coating. Airier. It it looks like the fish and chips. Yep. But it's chicken. So okay, here's Amber. One question that came in also during the break stuff that I know you'll have an answer. Okay. Hello, my daughter's getting married in September of 2022. Her fiance and her want a specialty drink at the reception. Do you know a mixologist we could work with to make one? Thank you, Cindy. Yeah. Uh, Proper Pour is a great one. Uh, who uh, is Jason, our friend? Proper Pour. Uh, and then there's also... Um, Eric Eastman. Well, Eric Eastman for sure, um, but there's like, do they want someone to come and do it at their... It didn't say if okay. they just want a recipe created or... Okay. I would call, yeah, um, because he's really great, Jason Prepperpore. Okay. Also, uh, Jesse is good from With a Twist. Oh, okay. So I'm going to send that along I too. know them. I've actually worked with With a Twist a couple times Have you myself. Really? Yeah, I did a little bartending every once in a while. Oh, hmm. yeah. Jesse's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's he's, cool. Small he's uh, the bartender that I work with out at Seavers. He's lovely. Lovely. Cool. Perfect. Okay, it's time for top two and hour two. You want to go first? Sure. Um, one of the consequences of cooking all of the food for Easter and not having littles is that I didn't have a massive amount of eggs. Uh. And normally, like, the egg salad, the egg toast, all those things would really be high on my list. But I missed all of that because of Easter. Yeah. So I was at Hope Breakfast Bar, the newer spot in West End in St. Louis Park, and they had something on the menu that was an egg sandwich, and it's a deviled egg salad on thick toast with tomato and pickles served with hash browns. Mm -hmm. And I love that it was served with hash browns because I always want hash browns at a breakfast place. But the sandwich was like big chunks of egg salad on top of tomatoes on this really beautiful toast. And then they had like thick chunks of pickles and pickled carrots. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. I thought it was a great sandwich and it made me feel that Easter vibe that I was missing. You got your moment. I got my deviled eggs on. I will say that I had for, we did have deviled eggs at the, uh, at the big table event and I got one and I was like, damn it. (laughs) We have to make them in our instant pot. They're so easy. I gotta do more. Because I want more deviled eggs. Uh, this uh, the first thing I'm going to tell you is that today is record store day. Oh, and what a great day I it's for it too! Love 
record store day. And I know this is a perfect day. And I kind of, I have a lot of like little things and errands to go run today. So I don't even know if I'm going to get to stop in and go hang out at a record store and grab some vinyl. But I really want to. Um, and I want to just let you guys know that the um, the Asian Invasion food truck is outside of uh, Electric Fetus. What a great name for a food truck. Yeah, Asian okay. Invasion. And so that's a good spot. But I also wanted to shout out that um, uh, Down in the Valley has collaborated on a beer. And um, you, so if you want to go to, I just totally blanked out on the name, which is just real. Happens. Perfect for me. Menopause. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, but here's the deal. Okay, Broken Clock Brewing is a collab is collabing with down in the valley for they made a beer called liquid fidelity cute love it and you can go to down in the valley and they'll have samples handing out but you can go back to the brewery and they're doing a whole thing with record store day at the brewery as well i love it and where is broken clock brewery they're kind of northeast minneapolis okay a little bit there uh they're the ones who are um in cal on california street northeast they're actually moving to a building on the river very soon and uh, so it's kind of exciting. They've got a new one, a new brewery in top of them coming. But right now that they are just over um, in the Cal- and, uh, California Street Northeast Suite 108. Where are they going on the river? Do you know? I, I, I couldn't tell you the address off the top of my head, but it's not. It's like blocks from where they are right now. OK, but they're up in Marshall Terrace, you know, in that area. Yeah, like where the by Cycle is. Susie's and yep. kind of that area. Past the rookery where Meyer made me go look at birds the other week. <laughs> um <laughs> And so, but they're doing, they're at, they're, you know, you can go and hang out there and they've got a lot of good stuff happening at the, at the tap room, but you can find this beer at Down in the Valley and at Rock Elm Tavern in New Bohemia as well. Okay. All right. So that's mine. So I had a kind of blast from restaurant past experience with a woman named Char. Yeah. Who works at Milton's and Crystal. Yes. And she apparently is a restaurant royalty. Her parents own the Park Tavern. Her godfather is David Fema. She was going on and on and on about all of her restaurant connections, had worked with someone at Ocean Air over here. Sure, sure. She was just great. But I'd never been to this Milton's in Golden Valley, so it's new to me. Yeah. And it was all scratch cooking. Yeah. And we had... Good soul food, too. Yes. We had a really great... They have... um, I watched a macaroni and cheese bowl with, like, pork bits come out on top of it that looked really great. We had the chicken wings, which we liked a lot. They make their own jalapeno ranch, their own blue cheese. The the bar food that I had, because I was really hungry for nachos, and the people next to me had them too, so I think they might be known for these. They have either potato chips, taco chips, or tot, tots. Tots. And then they make like tachos. a nacho situation out of it. And great chip-to-cheese ratio, the bitter, uh, what are the burnt ends kind of yeah. rib tip parts on it. Yeah. Really delicious. So that would be... Milton's and Crystal's. We really liked it. Good, good. Okay, my second one is actually going to be a pop-up that's happening right now. It's at the Get Down Coffee Company, you know, which is up in... Get uh, Down, Get down. down, Camden neighborhood. Camden, you know, and uh, I got to tell you, this is Houston White's Coffee Shop. Who he has is Quince Minneapolis Market, or Quince. If you want to say Quince, you want to say Quince, I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do. Yeah. They were the uh, breakfast burritos at the Minneapolis Farmer's Market for a long, long time. And then with COVID, they decided not to go back to the car- Farmer's Market. They were looking for their own shop to open up and they just things went awry and they've kind of been hunkering down and they are popping up on Saturdays uh, during summer 
and like doing a breakfast burrito pop up on the patio. Oh, nice. Get down. So you can show up. You can hang out up there and get um and go get like you know these huge massive egg and sausage and hash brown jammed burritos. They Yum. are delicious. I would like one of those right now. I please. know. I think they're all, I think they're doing it till one or, or two o'clock today. 1 p.m. So it's breakfast, burrito, patio, pop-up till 1 p.m. Okay, so that's the kind of thing, Stephanie, where we could go there on our way home. I know. If I didn't have so many other things to do today. I what are you doing today? So many errands? I, before I, we do this, I do want to tell you that I found on New York Mag an article, and this is important to know, the six very best air fryers. Because you know how many questions we get yes. about air fryers, and I wanted to make sure that I told you guys this. I We're going to post this. Grant, you should put that on the show page because, like, the only thing we get asked are what food truck should I have for graduation and which air fryer is the best. Those are the top two questions that we have. So Pretty much. Pretty much. So this is a nice little guide that kind of gives you a little comparison. I just wanted to say that. Um, otherwise, I'm going to run out and do, like, yard maintenance with my mom. Fun. And then pick up bricks for my new patio that I'm going to go build. Oh, see, you're going to build your own patio. Yes, I am. Oh, this is a girl after my own heart. When we come back, we have a great guest that is a specialist in sourdough bread, but she's like a home baker and she's just making so many delicious breads. It's Amanda Pa from Heartbeat Kitchen. We're going to talk with her when we come back about sourdough. All right, we are back and we are here with my newer friend, Amanda Pa from Heartbeat Kitchen. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Hi. Okay, so... Okay. <laughs> well, many of you got like knee deep into sourdough bread during the pandemic. And so did our friend Heartbeat Kitchen. You can follow her on Instagram, Amanda Pa. Amanda, had you done sourdough bread before the pandemic or was that was your first adventure? Yes, I uh, I started baking sourdough in like 2018. Um, but it, you know, when the pandemic hit, it became more essential because nobody could find, you know, commercial yeast. Right. Yes. Um, yes. And so everyone was like, I need my bread, but I can't, you know, find commercial yeast. And so, you know, knowing that more people were looking for recipes and just learning how to do it, um, I just kind of just took it in stride and just wanted to help people as well, learn how they could make their own bread at home um, with this, pretty much magical little thing called a sourdough starter that's just simply, you know, flour and water. Um, and you can make bread with it basically forever. So that's kind of, and, and now it's more of um, what I base my work on, I, I would say now, um, and maybe what people know me for more. But it's, it's really fun to see how people have put it into their lives as well. Yes, absolutely. And you have a beautiful blog, heartbeatkitchen.com, where you have all your recipes. But you're like, you're making sourdough, but I also feel like you're making it accessible for people to figure out like how to do it with your tips and tricks. Because I made sourdough, but it's been a while. So I've had it in my refrigerator. But like you, your site literally showed me like how to reconstitute it, how to get it going again, how to know, cause I'm going to make bread tomorrow and like how to know when it's, it's fed enough so that I can use it again out of the refrigerator. You just have great tips. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is, you know, I'm a home cook, a home baker, just like everyone else. Um, and so I try to bring it to a level that everyone can understand without being too scientific or too perfect, you know, because I mean, that's also part of sourdough is it's, 
it's a hobby. Yeah. So it's not something that's just like a recipe that you make once. You The way that you really can learn sourdough is by doing. And it's just making loaf after loaf and just getting used to how the dough looks and feels and um, and learning every time. I mean, I still learn and I still screw up, <laughs> you know. So, um, so I think it, for me it's just I want people to know that you you can do it, and um, it really doesn't have to be scientific or complicated or anything like that. So you've got on your site the top 10 sourdough starter tips, but you also can buy organic sourdough starter from Amanda that you can order on her website. Awesome. And then another yeah. thing about you that I think is really cool is you you take the discard, and this is where, as you're feeding your starter, you sometimes have to take some away to make room in your vessel for it to continue to rise and to activate. Mm-hmm. And you take that discard, and you make all kinds of stuff with it, like pancakes and cinnamon rolls and naan and different breads. So you're really using like all of the parts of the sourdough experience. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, um, you know, the discard it's just, it's basically the same thing as the active sourdough starter, but it's used up all its energy, and so it couldn't leaven a loaf of bread. But you can store it in the fridge for, you know, up to 10 days and make all these other things from it. Um, and so there really isn't a lot of waste, and you're actually making food go really far with it, which I think is so important, especially right now with the cost of food increasing so much. Um so I love that it can it can, it really has several purposes. So the other cool thing about this, so if you can imagine, I've got my starter in the mason jar, right? And it's been in the refrigerator for months because I haven't used it. So I'm starting to feed it again. And I'm like, okay, I don't know when this is going to be done. And you had a really handy tip that I just thought was so smart, where I started with a rubber band on the original yeah. to mark the outside of the mason jar. Yeah, yeah. And then... When it doubled in size is when I knew that yep. I was ready to go again. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, and and that is you know such a such a good way to do it. You know, there's also another little tip where like you can take a little teaspoon off the top of your starter um, and see if it floats in water, which can help you know too. Like, does it have enough basically gas and buoyancy to stay up in the water? Um, but yeah, and, and so on Instagram, you know, I do like last July, I did a five minute a day. So I did every day in July, I did five minutes a day of sourdough school. And I have all those videos on my, um, Instagram video part where just people sent in questions that are very common. And I think it just helps to talk it out and to visually see it, you know, and it doesn't have to be long, but just being able to connect the dots can be really helpful for people. Okay, this is like a curveball question for you, but as I've been perusing your site and getting obsessed with you on Instagram, <laughs> you, watch out, Amanda. <laughs> she redesigned her kitchen. I know. And it is so beautiful, and you just did such a great job. Did you design your own redesign because you have a tile backsplash that's gorgeous? You have that beautiful blue star stove. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, my husband Brian and I um, designed it ourselves, and we had seen kind of the black backsplash, um, the way that that looks with kind of the well. There's a certain design to it, but um, construction to style, which their um, designers here in the Minneapolis area, they're they're amazing, and they had done um, their own backsplash like that, and so it w- that was our inspiration for the backsplash part. 
And, and then, you know, we just kind of, we, we just, we know what we like and we also take a long time doing things. And so, um, so we were like, let's just do it ourselves because who knows if a designer is going to hang in there with us during this whole time. Um, but really, you know, used Pinterest for inspiration, um, and just kind of like how I use the kitchen, what things to prioritize and keep in mind. And, you know, that was the range, um, and just having a lot of counter space and, and really the, the natural light, you'll see that there's a big, um, we put in a very, very large window and it, it really, I mean, for my photography, that alone, but just I don't know. The feeling of natural light is just so good. So yeah. it feeds you. It just feeds your mood, yes. you know? Okay. Yes. And Amanda, before we let you go, I'm going to post on our Facebook page, your 18 delicious recipes for ramps. Ramps. Because you know, we love ramps at weekly dish and we're getting to be ramp God, season. I can't wait for them. I know it's so exciting. And like the morels are starting to come in apparently. And the ramps have started making an appearance at the golden fig. It's very exciting news for me, and I might go and get some, like, this weekend. Yeah, she posted. Uh, been waiting. Yeah, oh, she posted that there not. are foragers out there, and it is a good season so far. So, Amanda, thank you for Thanks, being Amanda. here. If you guys want to order her sourdough starter, check out her website. She just has so many tutorials. Check out her Instagram. It's Heartbeat Kitchen. Thanks for being here, Amanda. Thank you, ladies. Have a great weekend. You bet. We're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to The Weekly Dish with Stephanie March. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. And thank you for being here with us this Saturday. Again, you know, as like we said in the beginning, um, if you ever want to catch any of our stuff that you've missed out on, the podcast is open and available. And we are going to post the Otolengi uh, discussion. Great little chat with him. On, so great. Uh, you know, at 11.15, it's going to post up. So if you want to listen to us and then just keep going, keep going. Yeah, it is a great little conversation. So one of the things that our conversation led to, one of the parts of our conversation with him was talking about his salads. And you said and asked him about how uh, he balances his recipes, you know, because he's very vegetable forward. Yep. He's not a vegetarian, but he's very vegetable forward and thinks a lot about how I love this part of him. So he does have rest. He has restaurants in London. And he said one of the things that we realized to do was to make our salads look so appealing. Like that's a huge piece of their business is making sure that these vegetables are seductive because that's how you get people in. That's how you get people into vegetables, into eating better and healthier and fresher. And so that's his big thing. And part of that is layering, layering crunch and layering savoriness and whatever. And you said that that's one of the reasons you loved him the most. Well, and when you think about Instagram, like there was this moment of the smear, right? So there was the smear of yogurt or hummus or vegetable puree, yeah. but there was always something in the bottom of the bowl kind of smeared. Yeah. And then there was something on top and then there was like a drizzle or a sauce or something. Yeah. That kind of, in my mind, I credit his books with a lot of that aesthetic. Yeah. And those types of food plates always look good to me. Yeah. I don't know why, but they do. Yeah. Well, and so 
I made, and so by the way, we have again on the Facebook page, on the Weekly Dish Facebook page, we did, I started a little thread that's a recipe box dump is what I feel like. So like sometimes, you know, we all like to follow those threads when we ask those questions of like, what are you cooking today? And people are like, oh, what's the recipe? And I thought we should just make this a recipe box. And so I said, post your favorite spring salad. And I started with this Brussels sprouts tabbouleh, but really I wanted to talk about the salad I made, which was in the New York Times from Otolenghi, which I posted on my Instagram because it was, um, it was so good and it was beans and it was basically, it was a butter bean salad, you know, tossed. So you took butter beans, which are also lima beans, you know, and you can get a can of lima beans right now. You can't really find fresh, you know, butter beans, but lima beans are great. So you get a couple cans of those and you toss it in a Greek yogurt that has been boosted with like a plain Greek yogurt that's been boosted with garlic and lemon juice and olive oil and just given that like sort of good savory guts to it. And then um, and then on top of that, you have fresh peas that you've thawed. I use frozen peas and you thaw them and you toss that with a little bit of like mint and some dill. Yum. Um, and it was and then there was feta in the mix. And I threw in hearts of palm because I'm obsessed with hearts of palm. Oh, and they're so great. And they're I in a can. Them. I love them. And they're they're salad cut. So I'm like, well, they go in a salad because they're salad cut. But I have been eating that salad. I made a huge plate of it. And then I had to put an egg on it because I was dying for some more protein. And you're Stephanie March. And I'm Stephanie March. <laughs> and I put an egg on everything. Um, but there was like, I have to say, I've been eating that salad now for two days or three days. And I just go in. I ate a whole bunch of it that day. And then I put it in a little, you know, Tupperware. And I go in in the mornings and I take a couple bites. And I go in the afternoon and I take a couple bites. And it's fantastic. And like the idea of multiple days of salad or leftover salad yes. too, some of those heartier vegetables that last longer or a grain salad as it were. Yep. Like that's, if you're talking about feeding your family and feeding and extending the food that you have in this more inflationary time, really thinking about intentionally, you know, how we're going to eat this week. Yes. And this so is that you're not having to run to get takeout or right. And, and, I I mean, everything is really expensive right now. And, you know, gas is at $4. And I know we don't want to keep talking about, we don't want to do a show every week with we talk about how pricey everything is. But nonetheless, that was a thought of, like, I knew I was making a big amount of something that also would stay fresh in the fridge and would hold. And also, like, I thought, well, I still have a little bit of the pulled pork left, and I could put that on top of it. So, like, nonetheless, like, however, you know, it kind of works out. I think having that spring, that craving for that green and that brightness and throwing maybe a little bit of arugula on top next time or throwing something else on top is also a way to keep those kinds of things fresh. He talked to about condiments. Yes. And our friend Stephanie Meyer has the condiment cookbook that really we've talked about a lot and has done great on her website. You can find that. And we should probably put a link up to yep. it, too. Yep. But he talked about like. If you have this base of sauces and condiments, like you really can have so many different things with it every day. Right. So you've got like, let's just say a ginger scallion um, sauce and you can have that on eggs. You can have that in a grain bowl. You can have that mixed with yogurt and make it into like a sauce. Mm -hmm. You can put that on fish. You can put it on chicken. You can make a salad dressing with it by adding more lemon juice and more olive oil and the part about like cooking for me is I kind of do eat like that because of the cabin eating and just freezer obsession and mm-hmm. kind of the way I was raised to not waste anything. Right. 
it's really like in these kind of times, that's really a way that you can spread your dollars farther. 100%. And in fact, especially when you have kids, you know, and you're thinking about it, you want to make something simple for them, but like you're craving something more and you don't want to make like two things. You don't want to waste the money to make like a whole bunch of things. So he talked about you make a polenta or you make a couscous, you make a grain and you can keep it simple for the kids and then you can take it and add on yours, you know, like easily throwing some chili oil, some pickled things, and then like maybe an egg or some meat or something for your protein to make it a little bit sexier. And that that's your meal. And then you haven't spent all the money making two meals, making two meals. Yeah. And building layers and building layers. And I think that's what I'm thinking a little bit more about spring too. And even like, He's always like got like a crispy something, like a crispy shallot. Yeah. Or, you know, those don't are, ignore your crunch needs. And, and also like your caramelized onions. Like you can make a pot of caramelized onions on a crappy day like today yeah. and freeze them in little cubes. And then when it's time, you know, you've got a pile of yogurt with some crispy bits of meat and then you have your caramelized onion yeah. drizzle. Yum. Yeah. And I think there's something to say about the fact like that, um, you know, it kind of gives you a little bit more creative license if you're not, if you have elements and you are working not from a recipe necessarily. Once you get your condiments kind of in a space and you have your layers, you start thinking about things differently. That gives you the confidence to kind of layer in when you feel like, well, I just saw this great head of, or I bought this bok choy on a whim and I don't know what to do with it. And I'm not sure, you know, instead now, you know, you could just cook it and dress it up with all these little things. You don't have to like create you don't have to go find a recipe and no, create something. Just use a vinaigrette in your refrigerator. Yeah. And so I feel like. Preserve lemons. He talked about yes. that too. And like, I have preserved lemons. I don't use them nearly enough. And I look at them in my fridge and go, what am I going to do with these preserved lemons? Those? He's like, well, you can grind it up and make a sauce. Yeah. Like, of course you could. I never thought of that. Right. You can chop it up and like have it with um, it tuna salad or yeah. in an egg salad. Oh God. You know, like good. he just, his way of intuitively thinking about it was really a delight. Yeah. And I think once you start to think like that, like once you kind of tune in a little bit and like maybe read some of his you know, works and you can find them online. He's his recipes are free at the guardian UK. I know on, on uh, New York times they are, you might have to pay, you know, they have a paywall. Um, and if you have cooking New York times cooking, you can get them all, but they are, but you can find them, you know, around yep. and they're good. Um, I want to shout out some of the salads that you guys have posted in this section because it, there's some pretty great stuff. I also love the fact that you guys have put in like your own like recipe cards from families. Oh, not just it. links, but you know, we have uh, Rebecca uh, Borgert Green. She says she's got rotini pasta salad, and again, a pasta salad is a salad is a pasta salad. So why not? You know, um, we've got Jilly has put up her penne with spinach, feta, and olives that she loves. Uh, Catherine, I love this. Ladykin has a 1950s for a 1905 salad, which has iceberg lettuce, tomatoes, celery, Swiss cheese, ham, Spanish olives. And Romano cheese. Yum. With a little white wine, uh, Spanish olive oil, Worcestershire dressing. God, that sounds good, doesn't that? Just Sugar like an snap easy. pea and radish salad on a recipe card with the photograph. I, I love know, it. I know. I know. And like Jamie's like, I just love to do blueberries and strawberries, mixed greens, feta, green onion, Yum. candied pecans, and a lemon garlic vinaigrette. I think a lot of us, we intuitively make salads. We don't, we think we can't cook or we think we can't, you know, create dishes. And yet you can easily make salads, I think. And that it's like, what do you like? Put it together. Yep. Right. And uh, listen I, to this dressing. Yeah. Two and a half cups Gerstaminer vine, Ugh. a quarter cup chopped shallots, a quarter cup or half cup vegetable oil, and a tablespoon fresh chopped tarragon. 
Oh, that's yes. Pretty good. Yes. Allison gave us this uh, beautiful crunchy greens and bread salad. That's, I Ooh, love the toasty salads. breads. Like that's when why you I'm do all that. excited about my sourdough loaf I'm going to make tomorrow. You guys can follow on Insta. I'm going to use some of um, Amanda's tips and hopefully. It's so easy just to do corn, you know, torn bread, toast it up with some butter in a pan. Oh, yeah. And then throw your mixed greens on top and then whatever you love in there. You and know? like I have all these beets and all these carrots from this farm share. And See? I'm just going to like make those on a little toast. Oh, I love this. This is a, a good idea. A toast. Well, definitely tag us and post to you guys if you have some good salads that you are reaching out and, t- and doing. And then add some more to that recipe, uh, to that little recipe box we've got going on Facebook. I think if everyone can add a few more recipes, it's that's kind excellent. of like a nice idea. Yes. All right, you guys. So that's how we keep it fresh. And remember to tune in. We are posting the Otolenghi uh, podcast at 11.15. It should go up if you want to take a listen. And that's only like, it was like half an hour. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a chat. So that's a good thing. And again, he's coming in May if you want to get tickets. And May 5th. May 5th. Uh, you can get tickets at Temple Israel for their Voices 2022 series. And he was just a delight. Yeah. And really excited that he's coming to town. He's going to be great. Okay. All right, you guys, we're going to quick take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk to you about, of course, the locals we love and stuff going on around town. We'll be right back. This is Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. All right, Dishers, that was our locals to love intro that I we did it. not know we had. <laughs> Grant, crack producer over there, he's I like, mean, hey, should we play this? Seriously. I said, I must have asked Rocco to make it a long time ago and then never told you stuff. I think it might have been, now that we're saying it, I think it might have been like in the middle of the pandemic because we used to do, we used to Dude, this used to be the segment where we talked about things going around on yep. around town, mm-hmm. and then I think we pulled that because there was nothing going around when we were all living out of our homes. Yeah, gosh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think that's great. All right, well, there are all, our whole show is basically locals we love. Let's be clear. Yeah, that's pretty true. much. I yes. love the fact that, that that's true, though. That's okay, real. Our friends at um, okay, so our show is sponsored by uh, Beam Suntory, and yeah. they make lots of different liquors. So sometimes we talk about Knob Creek, sometimes we talk about Maker's Mark. I'm actually working on a recipe right now with Maker's Mark and Aperol. That's a spritz. That's very delicious. Uh, Hornitos is also a sponsor, and they've got the new, we talked about them last year, the seltzer cans that are really quite tasty. They've got a mango flavor, a lime, and they're partnering up for Cinco de Mayo with Rojo, and they're going to be having an event out there. It's a block party from 12 to 8 with giveaways, games. Hornitos tequila will be there. They'll have beer specials. It'll be super fun. So if you're looking for something to do for Cinco de Mayo, Check out Rojo Rojo in the West End. In West End. I love it. Hey, you have a new pizza shop in your area. Golden Valley. Love pizza. I saw it. I drove by it. It looked like people were standing in there, and I thought, huh. I'm curious. It's national. It isn't. Are you sure? Okay. I think it's a, I thought it was a, like a couple who had decided to do this. It's possible, but I also feel like it could be a franchise and this is just an outpost of the franchise, which to be clear also does make it local because local people own it. Yeah. No, Um, I think this is not. I think this is a local thing. So then I'm excited about it and I'll, cause I, one of the things about Golden Valley that's been kind of a small bummer is there's just not a lot of restaurants. Right, right. And I'm used to walking out my door and going to Selby Dale and having ice cream and going to Red Cow and Happy Gnome and the list went on and on and on. And yeah. You no. know, we can only go to Schuler's Tavern so many times. So many times. Well, yeah, I'm glad you went to Milton's. Um, this place is just, it's over, they took over the Smashburger spot. Yep. Over by the Winnetka 55 complex. 
uh, by Down in the Valley. Actually, yes. I wonder if the Down in the Valley and this police pizza place are going to have like a, a massive day today. And that liquor store there that we love MGM? so much. Nope. The oh. one that's right oh, in that complex. Oh, the wine Lake, store. Right. Is it Lakeside, Lakeshore? I don't know. The yeah. guy's so nice Cedar in Lake, there. isn't it? Cedar Lake? No? Maybe. Anyway. Um, they So this little pizza spot is only delivery, only takeout. Like it's no, there's nowhere to sit inside. Okay. You know, it's basically like a, you know, a counter Pick spot. Fast sure. casual. I love the fact that they said, they said that if you come and order takeout and you want to have a, they have a couple couches to sit while you wait and they'll give you a, a free glass of wine or beer. Oh, well, Rojo does that. Yeah. Or not Rojo. I'm Toma. Toma. Moha. Mo, Toma. Toma. Thank you. Moho. Sorry. Moho, Toma. We have too many they have Moho. Yeah. Uh, they do that. They have a happy hour, so it's like you can sit there. Yeah, but I, I mean, uh, this is just a place where, like, here, if you want to, like, you're waiting for your pizza, you can have a little sip of beer while you're hanging that out. That is a real it's incentive kind of a nice for me. I'm I, not going to say it's not. I like the look of their pizzas, their menu. They can do, you can either get a bar pizza, which is going to be that square cut Heggies kind of thing, or you can do the coal-fired triangle cut, which is going to be a little bit thinner. You know I what I mean? It. And I thought their specialty pizzas looked really fun. I thought it was really great. They have, like, a... They have like a low key excited um, pizza that is, you know, sausage and and mushrooms. They've got um, they've got a bacon and pineapple with Fresno peppers, and it's called GFY. I love it. I love that. Yeah, you know what that means. I yes, know. yes. Go f yourself. Oh come! <laughs> Which is funny because it's the it's the you know the fight of pineapples. Should pineapples be a pizza? They're just like here's the deal. I like that. So I thought they were a cute little place that has just opened. Um, also for pizza, Rectangle Pizza in Lynn Lake opened. Yeah, mm. and those, they have a good happy hour, it looked like. Well, and if they have a full bar, let's be clear. Jeff Rogers, who is the owner of Rectangle Pizza, was a long-time bartender in the Twin Cities. He is no slouch when it comes to creating cocktails. Um, what I also love is they've put a maker's market in the front. They have a little market in Delhi in the front of that building, and you can pick up little little hot sandwiches if you want, but you Yum. can also get, like, lotions and, and, you know, there's, like, a bag I want to go get. And Nothing <laughs> I want more than a little pile of lotion with I my know, pizza. I know, pile of lotions and candles. Where exactly is it? It's on the corner of Lake and Lindale. It is the old Falafel King, the old Hasty Tasty, the old Prieto. Got it. That building. Thank you. Yeah, so it's good. So it's super good. Uh, on the bummer side, we have to say goodbye to Grand Catch. I know. How you and feel you about know that? what? I feel sad because I when I was in St. Paul, we'd get there quite a bit. And I haven't been there since we moved. And so I personally feel like it's my fault. It there. is your fault. And you that's weird this. and hard to take. But um, yeah, I love that place. And seafood in our town is hard. It's and really hard. It, and they did such a good job. You know what? I was just tabulating results from the reader's poll. And it's so funny to me every year. Every year, a huge number of people, when I ask, like, what is the thing you'd like to see more of? Seafood comes in. And yeah. I'm like, but then we can't keep a seafood shop going. And is it that or is it like just because they're tired of it and want to do something else? Do we know? They just decided not to renew the lease. Okay. So, I mean, if it was doing gangbusters, I guess you would think that they would. Yeah. Unless there's something more to it. I haven't honestly had a chance to talk with somebody. And so. it is kind of a hard. It's a, it's right in the McAllister College spot sure. area. Yeah. So maybe maybe uh, when the kids were not, you know, it was four and a half years orders, you and know, maybe when the know. kids were not doing in-person schooling, maybe that took too much of their savings. How is that Thai restaurant across the street still in business there? Wow. Well, I think they do that. They do Well, they do a ton of takeout, right? So you can't, Grand Catch was not a really a great, you can't do seafood takeout as yeah, well. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there are those seafood boil places, but those are, that's a whole different animal. Yeah. Um, dumpling in Minneapolis, South Minneapolis is also closing. I know that's a bummer too. 
I did not love the place like everybody else did. Everyone had a very big love of that place. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just never was. I never I had a couple bad experiences and I just yeah, wasn't never compelled. found it. Yeah, I was never compelled by it. But but I love that he's definitely one of those things where it's like, well, we tried a thing. We lived a dream and we had a kid and now it's too hard. The restaurant industry is hard. And so that's kind of the thing. Yeah. And that makes me just feel a little like, oh, I know. A little sad for people. Um. What else to let you guys know about? Um, Dining Out for Life is this Thursday. And so that is a huge thing. Remember how you, it's been, you know, my God, they've been doing this for so many years. And of course, this is the fundraiser to fight uh, HIV. It funds the Aliveness Project. Yep. And all you guys have to do next Thursday is go out for dinner. Go out for dinner at one of these places. Just yep. pick a place on the list. And there's a ton of people who are giving a hundred percent of their proceeds. Actually, there's a few who are giving a hundred percent of their sales from that day. And then there are a lot more who are doing 50%. You have the hundred percenters just out of the, yep. The hundred percenters, the Eagle Bolt Bar, obviously yeah. the, er, the Irby Butcher, Muffin Top Cafe, Nicolette Diner, which yeah. is a great little fun spot, the saloon and Irby Butcher's fried chicken, the okay. vegan fried chicken place. Those are all doing a hundred percent. And then 50% including is like Mason Jar Kitchen in yep. Egan is great. Wise Acre Eatery, Wise Acre Eatery, Prize Brewing, uh, Bootstrap Coffee Roasters, Dancing it. Bear Chocolate. And then you keep go down to, I think, 35% is Petite Leon, Buttered Tin. You've got Fabled Rooster. You've got Yum. Union Mung Kitchen. Lots of things. So there's a lot of places you could stop in and get a little thing. Or you can go sit and have a huge you know, dinner and that could all work out. Do you have Wednesday the 27th on your calendar booked that you're having dinner with me? We have to talk about that off air. (laughs) Come on. You cannot cancel. Uh, We just have to talk about that. off air. We just have to talk about that off air. So I have a reservation for the Minneapolis club for Jamie Malone, Charlie's cafe. That's open. We have to talk about this off air. Oh, Um, you are a disappointment. I am going to tell you, you also instead about uh, a vegan meat raffle at Falling Night Brewing. <laughs> As the vegan meat raffle is going to does that, does that my make pain it okay? and my sadness. Okay, well I'm then I'll tell you about that the Minnetonka Drive-In is open. Oh which, yes it is. But I know. This yeah. is an important, Closer this than is important the vegan to meat oh, raffle yes. thinking you're going to make it up to me. Uh, also Midori's Floating World is delivering from their like dream pick and they're open I guess. I'm still sad yeah. over well, here. Vegan meat raffle. I know. <laughs> I, I kind of felt like that was a give on the old MSP Mag feed. I was like, oh I'll give you guys a vegan meat raffle.